You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. Welcome in. This is Locked On Hornets. I'm Doug Branson, and we are presented by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, local experts on the number one daily sports podcast. That's right. I said it. They are the number one. We are the number one daily sports podcast network, and you can get Locked On Hornets on Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, and Spotify. When you get in your car, do me a favor. If you have one of those smart devices in your car or when you get home from work, Just tell it to play podcast Locked on Hornets. Super simple way to listen to our show, get it to pull up really quick. So that's awesome. I am coming to you from Nashville, Tennessee, filling in a solo for Walker Mail, who is taking a much-deserved day off after filling in for me so that I could make this move from Charlotte, North Carolina to Nashville, Tennessee A big family move for me, and uh, it it is a good move, but a bittersweet move because, obviously, I loved reporting on the team from Charlotte. We'll have to do that remotely now, and and like a lot of you guys out there, just watching the team, analyzing the team from afar, and we'll get to do that together now, and then Walker Mail will be on the ground with me. He'll be on the ground in Charlotte doing the great reporting that he always does for us and for uh, ESPN 730 on the wake-up call. So we've got you covered, all areas. Hey, if you're in Tennessee and you're a Hornets fan, let me know on Twitter, at Doug Branson, L-O-H, or uh, at Locked on Hornets on Twitter as well. Follow us, follow us both there and at Walker Mail on Twitter. But let me hear from you. I'd love to hear if you're if you're a Hornets fan and you're repping from Tennessee, that'd be great. I think we've already had one person reach out to us, so that's awesome. So if you're listening and you're in Tennessee and you love the Hornets, shout me out, at Doug Branson LOH on Twitter. We've got a great show ahead. I've got plenty of thoughts on Kimball Walker's departure. By the way, it was bittersweet for Kimball Walker as well, leaving Charlotte. He wrote about it on the Players' Tribune, so I want to get into that because I feel like Kimba and I our kindred spirits. We had to leave the Queen City, and 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 we're we're conflicted about it. We're happy about the future. We're happy about where things are going for us individually, but we're sad to leave friends. So I'll talk about that in a moment. Plus, the Hornets making quick work to replace Kemba Walker and acquiring Terry Rozier from the Boston Celtics, where Kemba will play next season. So a little a little trade ski there. Terry Rozier coming to the Charlotte Hornets. What does that mean? What kind of player is Terry Rozier on and off the court? And my thoughts on the money and the commitment that the team just made to Terry Rozier. And Summer League is kicking off tonight, 9 p.m. Eastern on NBA TV. We're going to get to see some of the young guns play against Golden State tonight, so that will be exciting. What should you be watching for from all of these players? No P.J. Washington, unfortunately. The lottery pick has been scratched from the entire summer league due to that sore foot that kept him out of the tournament. But Miles Bridges, Dwayne Bacon, Devontae Graham, Cody Martin as well. What should you be watching for? That will be later in the show. But I want to start with Kimba Walker. We we sort of felt that this was coming. I mean, I, I really thought early on that 
unless Kimba Walker did not want to be here, wanted to pursue a championship or wanted to pursue something different, that the Hornets really did have the inside lane on keeping Kimba Walker. And I think that analysis pretty much held. I think if the Hornets wanted to keep Kimball Walker, they could have found a number that would have allowed Kimball Walker to stay in Charlotte. But I think the allure of playing with a a possible contending team in Boston, plus being a max player and changing things up. I've said this all along that the, the allure of, hey, I did this thing. I took this thing as far as I probably could take it. Oh, and also they can't give me quite as much money and commitment as other teams are willing to do. And there's a status symbol, by the way, that goes with being a max player. So I'm going to go play in Boston. Like To me, that makes complete sense and and was pretty much on the line of, of what I thought, how I thought things would go down and how I how, how I thought things would line up. Now, if you're the Hornets, it's it's never, or any organization really, it's never great optics when you let a player walk for nothing, nada, zilch. You get nothing in return, not only for a great player. And I don't even think this is, I want, you know, it's normal to say arguably the greatest player. I don't think there's any argument. You let the greatest player in franchise history leave your organization, and in return, you get nothing. You can say what you want about the the previous regime of the Charlotte Hornets before they left for New Orleans. They they were a little bit cutthroat when it came to you know sentimentality towards players that they had drafted and players that became great. And players like Alonzo Mourning who just in terms of you know what he did after the organization and and what he did over the course of his NBA career was probably more dominant of a player than Kimba Walker and you let that guy go but you got something in return and you were able to keep the wheels moving with your franchise keep your playoff contention intact and move forward but in this instance you let your greatest player in franchise history walk and you get nothing in return the optics on that, not great from a fan perspective, because I know a lot of you listening right now, you're upset. You're upset both that Kimba Walker left because you loved watching Kimba play. We all did. I did. I loved watching Kimba do everything that he did. Cross people over. Get to the rim at will. Finish better in his final season. Shoot the basketball better than we've seen really any Charlotte Hornets player shoot the basketball ever. You hated to see that excitement go because he was one of the few things that was exciting about Charlotte Hornets basketball. Now it's Miles Bridges. Miles Bridges now holds the mantle on exciting Hornets basketball. So it's bad from a fan perspective, but it's also bad from a few future player acquisition perspective because you've given off the signal that, hey, you know, we, we're not going to go all in on our greatest player, the greatest player of that generation and maybe of all time we're not going to go into the tax we're not going to devote the money we're just going to let that player walk the question is will it hurt the hornets down the line i'm not sure because it's you know i think it's true that it's not great for your reputation it's not great optics but i'm also not sure that the hornets are ever going to be an organization that 
attracts free agents in a way that that those kind of optics would would hurt them. They have to kidnap players. They have to they have to kidnap players via trade, bring them to the organization, show them, put them in the best position to play the best basketball of their career, and then convince them with money and organizational temperament that this is the place for them to be. I mean, that's really it. I just don't see this this organization ever really attracting free agents in that way that that this type of situation would hurt them down the line. And maybe you disagree. Maybe you think that this that this is a, an affront and, and players are going to have a, a, a bad feeling about Michael Jordan. But I'll tell you one player that left the organization and doesn't have a bad feeling about Michael Jordan, and that's Kimba Walker. So if any of the players are listening to Kimba Walker in the future when they ask, hey, Kimba, what's what's the deal with Charlotte? How is it to play there? And he's already said it. He, he loved it. He, he says he owes Charlotte everything. And he didn't have a bad word to say about Michael Jordan as an owner. They had a seemingly, from everything you read, I mean, they seemingly had a, a close relationship. And, and he expressed some of the advantages that come from having the greatest player of all time be an owner that's not a popular opinion by the way because it's it's definitely that that season that time to to look at the organization and and you go directly to the top and you go to michael jordan and there's there's a national uh perception and a local perception that's building that michael jordan is just not the right person uh to lead this organization but kimba's not saying that and I don't know if that speaks to who Kimba is as a person or if that speaks to the the reality of the situation because there are players that leave organizations and have plenty to say about their ownership. But Kimba only had great things to say not only about the organization, about Michael, but also about his teammates. And listen, I don't I don't I don't cry over sports very often. Um it's I don't get that emotional about sports. I'm very I get elated, I get happy, I get bummed, but I don't get like sad in that way about sports. I think everybody just sort of approaches things differently in that way, and that's that's just one of my things. But when I read this, I read his his words about his about his teammates about Jay Lamb going from boys to men. And uh, and MKG being family and Marv the late night talks like it made me it, it got a little dusty I'll be honest because it made me think about what Kimball Walker has done for the city and this organization and and really uh, what kind of player and what kind of person he's been and and it's sad whenever you whenever you see someone like that leave your city and not just because of what it's going to mean on the court but I, but I think he just meant a lot to the city of Charlotte. And he truly was a great, great teammate. And I think that uh, I think that it's going to be very difficult to replace that. And Terry Rozier, I don't, I don't think it would be fair to sort of put all of that on him. And that's coming up. I want to talk a lot about Terry Rozier coming up in the next segment? But I think it would be unfair to put so much of that burden on Terry Rozier. It's going to be up to some of these young players to really pick up that slack pick up that leadership slack i mean some guys are going to have to grow up very quickly i think in this organization even some players that are young enough to play in summer league right now and certainly you can add malik monk who will not it looks like play in summer league you can add him to the list as well 
All right, when we come back, I want to talk about Terry Rozier. The Hornets have added him. We'll talk about the contract. We'll talk about his impact on both sides of the floor. That's coming up. You're listening to Locked On Hornets here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Hornets. I'm a fantastic Googler. I'm bad at logging in. If they were to do sort of a scouting report of of me and my ability to use the internet. Todd, 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 Todd. Yeah. I, Excellent Googler. Not a very good guy that's logging in. Very yeah. good at interrupting the host anytime he's trying to go on a rant. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. We're back here on the Locked on Hornets podcast. I'm Doug Branson. No Walker Mail today. He is taking the day off. He'll be back with me on Monday Time to talk about the newest Charlotte Hornet, and and may may not be the last. They may not be done here in free agency looking to acquire some extra pieces. They have that mid-level exception still available to them. Uh, head back to the last show uh, that we did on um, Wednesday to hear some thoughts from Walker and Nada on who that free agent acquisition could be. Could it be Boogie? Could Boogie Cousins? I remember talking about Cousins before all of this uh, injury uh, injury madness that has really uh, basically decimated the market for him as a player. And we were just all over the place on whether this organization could sustain bringing a player like Cousins in. And now it would seem like, you know, if you can get some kind of contribution that's close to uh, what what he formerly was, I think you you take the chance on temperament at this point. It just seems like that, right? And Terry Rozier is a guy that you're taking a little bit of a chance on temperament, on locker room cohesion, because Rozier is is ultra competitive, and he sees himself as a player that can contribute if given the opportunity. He can make a team great. He believes he is great, and he believes he can make a team great. How will that go over in this locker room? Because that's look, Kimball Walker knew he was great, and he showed it on the floor. Uh, and you know his greatness was so overwhelming in relation to all of the other players on the team that Kim Walker had no problem getting usage, had no problem getting minutes. That's that's never been a problem for Kimball Walker as a member of of the the Charlotte organization, but for Rozier and Boston, it was always a problem. He was always playing second fiddle, uh, and and even when he when he showed out and got opportunities to be a starter and played really well. There were always greater players on the horizon that were that that they defaulted to that the organization defaulted to and Terry Rozier was was stuck like a lot of players are because you know you, Terry Rozier was probably the greatest player at high school was was uh, uh you know one of the best players on his college team and then he gets to the to the NBA and he finds out what a lot of people find out in the NBA which is there are you're playing with everyone who was the greatest player in their in their high school on their high school team and one of the better players on their college team. But I like what Rozier represents in terms of competitiveness, in terms of willingness to voice concerns with with how the team's playing, with the direction that the franchise is going in. I mean, I, I just like that. I, I think that this organization could have used that from from some of the players in the past. So I like that about the signing. I'm not in love with his efficiency as a scorer. He's never shot 40% from the field in in his four years in the league. His stats remind you of pre-All-Star 
Kemba Walker. Now, that pre-All-Star Kemba Walker got a different kind of opportunity than Rozier has gotten. That pre-All-Star Kemba Walker was not a bench player. His minutes were not fluctuating all over the place. But Rozier is now faced with with that same, uh, you can call it an opportunity, to grow his game if he really believes he needs to grow that efficiency to become a better player. A lot of people around the league would say that that's the case. If you want to be a great player, you have to shoot over 40% from the field, and you have to be a good three-point shooter from the guard position. Unless you do something else that is just so overwhelmingly great that you can get away with it like a LeBron James. And the question is, can he make that kind of leap that quickly? Kimball Walker made the leap, and it was an amazing leap, and it was a leap that was unexpected. But he made it after being with an organization for several years, and developing a relationship with, with Coach Clifford, developing a relationship with the training staff, those kind of things allow you to make that leap. Those kind of relationships, that kind of trust that builds, that that's what helps you. Ultimately, it's on you. You've got to get in the gym and put the work in. But without those relationships, I imagine it's, it's going to be a lot tougher to get the job done. So can Terry Rozier come in and... Given knowing he's going to have those consistent minutes, can he make that leap that quick? It's going to be a big question mark. It could be a playoff make or break question mark. Here's what I'm not in love with. I'm not in love with giving a a three-year estimated $18 million contract to Terry Rozier. I mean, it feels a lot like some of the decisions that they've made in the past And if it's a signal of what they're going to do, sort of piece together what they can to try to make a playoff run, not even a playoff run, but just make the playoffs to make an eight or seven seed, then I don't like that strategy. I mean, I felt like this was a real linchpin opportunity if if Kemp Walker did decide to leave, that the organization could go drastically in a different direction. But this feels like the same direction. Now, $18 million, that puts him in line with some other starting point guards in the league. I mean, it puts him in line. It's a little under what Malcolm Brogdon's going to make in Indiana. That's 19.7 estimated. Goran Dragic's making 19.2. Jeff Teague's making 19. Puts him a little above Reggie Jackson, Ricky Rubio, Brandon Knight, Eric Bledsoe. So it's not, you know, I mean, it kind of feels like that's the right number for his tier of point guard, which is probably like, I would say, fourth tier, maybe third tier. So, that, you know, you're, you're seeing you know, Brogdon, Dragic, T, Rozier. I mean, they, they all have great things that they do, and they all have negatives about their game. But what I do like is that Rozier is an intense guy. He's a competitive guy. He wants this opportunity. He's been dying for this opportunity. And you like to, you know, you kind of like to bet on players like that. You also, if you do want Miles Bridges to develop, if you do want Dwayne Bacon to develop, if you're interested in in PJ Washington becoming a, a contributing piece on this team then you like the idea of having a veteran presence like Terry Rozier who is going to help facilitate for them. It's been it's been my whole thing with with the Phoenix Suns and the Orlando Magic. What have they been doing wrong? They're they're not putting enough veteran talent around these young players that can get them the ball in the place that they need to have the ball to be successful. 
It's such a huge thing. A, a player who knows how to set things up for other people. That's huge. So in, in that way, I, I do love that. And a lot of contracts are going to come off the books after this season. So the Hornets still have an opportunity to, to really take this franchise into another direction. So it's not completely lost by the fact that they gave Terry Rozier $18 million over three years, but it certainly hurts their ability to make future maneuvers. But they had to sign somebody. And that's the thing. They couldn't, they couldn't put the ball in Devontae Graham's hands solely. Devontae Graham, a player we're going to get a big look at in Summer League. And that's what's up next here on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Want to talk Summer League. Game starts tonight, 9 p.m., NBA TV. What should you be watching for from Devontae Graham and others? That's ahead here on Lockdown Hornets on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Hornets. You know, Golden State spent almost a minuscule amount of time with zero of their starters out on the floor. They had at least one out there the entire you just time. Have four Hall of Famers. Yeah, they do. And so <laughs> you just you put just them have, anywhere. You just have one out Stack there. Stack them up. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. Welcome back to Locked On Hornets. When you are driving to work or from work or around town, all around, all you have to do is tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Hornets, and we will be right there for you on your drive time to wherever you are going. And maybe you're going to a bar. Maybe you're heading to watch some summer league action tonight, 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern time on NBA TV. It is summer. I can confirm. I was outside all day yesterday. And it is miserably hot. And if you think it's hot in Charlotte, it is miserably hot in Nashville, Tennessee. Hornets taking on the Golden State Warriors in Las Vegas tonight. Not many names to pay attention to when it comes to Golden State's summer league team. They are m- much more interested in the uh, regular season. Malachi Richardson. The Hornets did actually draft Malachi Richardson before sending him to Sacramento when they traded completely out of the first round several years ago. No Jimmer Fredette. He was scheduled to play with Golden State's uh, uh, summer league team, but he has uh, decided to leave that summer league team. So really uh, not a lot to look for in terms of Golden State, but Charlotte, certainly a lot of players that are going to get some playing time will be available uh, for the Charlotte Hornets. So the question is, what should you be watching for? Again, no P.J. Washington. He's a scratch due to injury. They just want to play it safe. Same sore foot that kept him out of the tournament. So, unfortunately, a lot like the situation with Malik Monk when they drafted him, you're not going to get a good look at him in the summer. You're going to have to wait till training camp and into the regular season, or into the preseason, I should say. But Miles Bridges, my question for him is, will he play the same role that he played last season? A lot of off-ball, a lot of corner three action, a lot of offensive rebound action, a lot of transition action. Or is he going to show off something new? Do, do uh, Ronald Norad and the coaching staff have some plans to get Miles Bridges some more ball handling opportunities or work him into some different things. And we've heard from the coaching staff already that they're looking to shift Miles Bridges into that four spot, possibly that starting four spot that we saw him play in the latter half of last season. So I'll be interested to see if that's where he plays or if he plays some small ball five because of just the realities of what you're going to be up against in summer league. We shall see. Dwayne Bacon, my question for him, how dominant can he be 
on both sides of the ball because I don't think that there is any player, at least early in this summer league, that is going to get more action than Dwayne Bacon. They're, they're going to run him in a lot of pick-and-roll action, and I want to just see on offense how dominant can he be. Is he going to pull up for those mid-range twos that we've seen him be effective at at times, or will he extend his game out to the three-point line? He was so good at getting three-point looks and knocking them down when he got the opportunity late in into last season. Will he continue that? And how strong can he be taking that ball to the basket? Has he gotten stronger? Because he was already a big guy. He's already a guy in Bacon that you can play at two or three. But has he gotten even stronger? Because that's going to, going to be key for him. And on the defensive end, how much commitment does he have there? Can he be an MKG-like force on the defensive end? Is he going to go for loose balls? Is he going to be an energy source for you in the future? I think that's big for Dwayne Bacon. He had To me, he has to be a two-way player. I just don't see him ever being great enough offensively to to really let him go on the defensive end. I think he has to be a piece that you can use on both sides of the of the ball along with PJ Washington. Devontae Graham, I'm looking for better three-point shooting. End of the year last year, 28% from beyond the arc. He has to have a better performance and it, I think it has to start in summer league. And finally Cody Martin, the second round selection number 36 by the Charlotte Hornets out of Nevada. He's a six-six, played mostly a six-six guy, played mostly point guard at Nevada. My question for him is: Is he a prospect, or is he a project? You know, is he a guy that is going to show off some skills, some shooting skills, some ability uh, uh, to make great decisions on another level? and fight for that third point guard position or possibly even fight. I mean, it would be a huge haul, but we've we've seen crazier things. But could he even contend with Devontae Graham for a backup position? It's not going to ha- it's not going to be declared at Summer League, but it starts there, right? I mean, if he is if he is going to show off those skills, it will start in Las Vegas. So is he a prospect or is he a project? Is Cody Martin a player that you're going to have to hear from maybe next season or the season after? I think we're going to get some early indications of that in Las Vegas, and I think definitely the coaching staff is going to be looking at that as well. Because remember, Cody Martin was a reach, and not a little bit of a reach at 36. I mean, he was a pretty big reach. There were a lot of projections that had Cody Martin completely off the board. And the Hornets obviously saw something in Cody Martin that was special that they thought, hey, we we just have to get this guy. We can't risk th- th- that this player goes, you know, 57. We have to secure this player. Although I believe they, they did have a, an extra pick around that time, but they, they just didn't want to take the chance. So what did they see? That's, that's also what I, know, what I want to know. I want to see what they saw in Cody Martin in Las Vegas. And we'll get the chance to tonight, 9 p.m. Eastern, on NBA TV versus the Golden State Warriors. I'll be watching. I'll try to post something on Patreon. If you haven't joined our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash LOH. It only costs a buck a month. That's the that's the minimum. Just a dollar a month. And you're supporting this show. You're making things happen here with the show. And you're also getting access to content that nobody gets access to, like the live draft show that we did that everyone loved. I mean, everyone had a great time doing it, and everyone seemed to really get jazzed about it. So if you want access to more of that kind of material, 
check it out. Patreon.com forward slash LOH. I'll try to get some thoughts up there. If not after the game tonight, then possibly uh, over the weekend. And then July 7th, my birthday, birthday ball, San Antonio Spurs, 3.30 p.m. ESPN2. Walker Mail will be back with me on Monday. We'll have full analysis of what happened over the weekend of Summer League. Thanks for listening. And remember, you can subscribe to this show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. And when you get in that car, tell your smart device to play Locked On Hornets. We'll see you on Monday. Monday.